Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie and Mark Broadhurst. Uh, Mark's back after he couldn't unfortunately make the European show, but we're back to a full compliment uh, this weekend to go over uh, the Bundesliga action for match day 21. Um, there's obviously a few extra breaking bits of news that we're actually going to chat about today as well. Um, but yeah, welcome back as always to our to our regular subscribers and viewers. And if you're new to the channel as well, welcome along. Um, as per usual, if you you know if you do like watching the show, please do subscribe to us as it really helps out our channel and our content, so we can bring you more and more and more of uh, the series. Um, so without further ado. Before we get into the breaking news and, of course, the Bundesliga action from this weekend, we'll head over to Mark and he'll take us through Mark's mystery anagram uh, for last week's results and, of course, the new one for this week. So, Mark, over to you. Yeah, so let's start off by recapping last week, week 20's uh, anagram. So, yeah, I'm just going to bring that onto the bottom of the screen now. So, yeah, it was indeed, it was reversal lingo. So, to be honest, I thought it was a really, really hard one. This I really didn't think a lot, many people would get this one. But actually, we did have uh, someone who got it correct. The, the answer was indeed uh, Wolfsburg's manager, Oliver Glasner. So, yeah, Wolfsburg's high-flying manager, Oliver Glasner, was the mystery anagram for week 20. And, yeah, as I said before, somebody did get it correct as well, and I'm going to bring his name on. And it was our uh, anagram uh, maestro himself, Ian Banthorpe. So, yeah, well done again there. Yeah, congratulations. I think that must be three or four that you've got right now, Ian. Yeah, so keep it up. Keep commenting and we want to hear more from you as well. Great stuff. So, yes, yeah, so let's move on to week 21's uh, mystery anagram now without further ado. So let's have a look at that. So it, it is um, indeed um, Vandal Rise this week. It's Vandal Rise, a, a nice uh, word this time. So, yeah, it's two words. If you want to take a pen, the first word is Vandal v-a-n-d-a-l and the second word is rise so it's r-i-s-e so yeah so uh, remember every single one of our anagrams on the bundesliga show has to be related to the top division of the bundesliga and it has to be either a player a manager slash head coach or a uh, club from the the top tier of the bundesliga so remember comment on anything remember you can comment on our live streams as well when we preview the show so look out for that you can also comment uh, underneath the video as well which really helps us out so yeah remember to comment your answers what do you think mark's mystery anagram for week 21 is so so let's uh, move on now to the scores from week 21 so obviously there's actually as we're filming on the monday night this week there's only been eight games played because we have a late kickoff tonight, which is Bayern Munich versus Bielefeld after Bayern won their sixth trophy of the year on Thursday night by beating the Mexican club Tigres. Um, yeah, six, they, they won a sextuple in uh, 2020. So, yeah, have to see if they can continue that kind of form going into 2021 as well. 
So yeah, let's let's just recap the scores from the eight games. Now, I think uh, the the main thing we can say about this week is if you're if you're a fan of draws betting, then it's been a really really good week for you. <laughs> six, six eight games finished draws, which is pretty incredible. Really. I think it's a record since we've been doing the show anyway. So yeah, let's go through it. Friday night we had a two-one home win for Leipzig over Augsburg. Surprisingly, rested a few players as well there, but still got the win. We had an entertaining two-all draw between Leverkusen and Mainz, and an, another entertaining but perhaps error-strewn two-all draw between Dortmund and Hoffenheim. Then we had another draw on Saturday: Stuttgart versus Hertha Berlin, one-all, finishing there in Stuttgart. Then we had a nil-nil draw between Werder Bremen and Freiburg. The late kickoff was probably the two most off-form sides in the league at the moment between Union Berlin and Schalke, which maybe a little bit predictably finished a goalless draw as well. So all five games on Saturday finished draws, incredibly. Uh, yeah, and then moving on to Sunday, we had the form team of the Bundesliga uh, winning comfortably 2-0 at home to Cologne. Then we had the other form team uh, drawing 0-0 against uh, Gladbach. Yeah, so we had three 0 nils this week. Yeah, not what we're used to in the Bundesliga, is it, Rory? But no, not at all. Yeah, let's hope we get the goals flowing tonight for Bielefeld against Bayern anyway. Not to be biased <laughs> or anything. <laughs> no, okay. not at all. Um, yes, so, so, yeah... Before we, um, as per usual, go into the our featured four, which will actually be a featured three uh, this week, um, so it kind of gives me and Mark a bit of time to talk about the two bits of breaking news that have come out of the Bundesliga this week. Um, and we'll start with the first bit of breaking news that has come out hours ago as recording today on Monday afternoon slash evening is the fact that Marco Rosa... Uh, well, Borussia Mönchengladbach confirmed that the manager will leave his post at the end of the season uh, to move on to pastures new at Borussia Dortmund. So um, I'll just go straight over to you, Mark, and, and see what your thoughts on it. I mean, we know we know it's been heavily kind of been talked about whispers. Uh, there was lots of whispers quite recently about potentially Dortmund trying to tap up Klopp with, with the unrest at Liverpool, but it seems that obviously they've gone down the, the road of Rose. So, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, well, the first thing that came to mind is I'm a little bit shocked that it's been announced so early. Like I presume it's some kind of leak. I'm not sure they have actually wanted to uh, announce that because I just think it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, for both clubs, I'm pretty sure it's a little bit counterproductive, really, because I think... Um, Obviously, especially for Gladbach, who obviously have got that massive game against Man City coming up in, uh, I think, two, 10 days or so or, or a week. And I think they, they'll want to focus on that. But I mean, to be honest, I think the writing was on the wall in many ways. I think most Dortmund fans will be pretty happy with the signing of Rosa. I think he's a good manager. He's got a great record in the Bundesliga in a short time at that level. I think, yeah, he's a German-speaking coach as well. Obviously, he is a German guy, which is quite important to German clubs. They don't really like for uh, uh, hiring people who don't speak German language fluently. So I think it's uh, quite an interesting, uh, which is probably why they overlook people like Allegri and perhaps Pochettino before that. For me, the absolute best choice would probably have been Allegri, to be honest, because I think he, I mean, if you look at his record at the highest level, but again, Maybe he wouldn't have been interested in Dortmund because they are predominantly a selling club at the end of the day. They sell most of the best players, although currently they do have a very good squad. 
But I think, yeah, I think out of the realistic targets, I would have said, yeah, definitely, that Marco Rose is a really good choice. I think the Dortmund fans will be happy. But again, the only thing that really surprises me about it is the timing. I never really like it when they announce that the managers are coming in uh, like at this stage of the season. There's still 13 more games for both of those clubs left. Yeah, for me, this should be announced like at the end of this season or... Yeah, I would say at the end, after the last game, this kind of thing should be announced, really, for me. What What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I mean, certainly for me, it, it's striking uh, the timing of, of this announcement. Um, obviously, there there is a long way to go for, for both teams. And there's with it being almost a like-for-like like swap for Rosa at the moment, obviously, Dortmund fans would like to say at the moment they're a more established club but right now obviously they're both fighting it out for top top four place um so there's lots of what ifs really so first of all what if gladbach qualify for the champions league and dortmund don't mm. so rosa is then going from champions league to europa league um what if gladbach then completely now fall off the radar and, and fail to do anything for the rest of the season and like how much bad feeling is they're going to be left with Rosa from a Gladbach point of view um obviously then there's the kind of thing about will Rosa be able to keep or convince some of the big stars at Dortmund to stay obviously I presume that they'd be wanting to do that and then there's just the small matter of a DFB Pokal quarterfinal to be played between these two teams which is obviously huge um the way that the Pokal has has opened up you would quite happily say the winner of that quarterfinal will be the favourite to win it overall. I know we've got another big tie, I think it's between Leipzig and Wolfsburg, but the other two quarterfinals are really opportunistic and uh, weaker side, so to speak. So there's a lot riding on this and the fact that they've done it so early is really, really, it's really, really interesting. And as you mentioned, I think maybe there is some sort of leak or maybe they have been forced to make the statement early so i mean what what are your thoughts about the kind of the various scenarios i've spoken about there like particularly the the pokal and then the potential for there being almost conflict of interest really for the rest of the season yeah i think first of all i think marco rosa i mean he's a he's a professional he's gonna want to win that tie at the end of the day firstly for his own cv i think i think absolutely I mean, I think most in Germany, you do see a lot of professionalism. But for me, this is just, um, yeah, I think Gladbach are definitely the bigger losers here. But at the same time, for Edin Terzic, I mean, I think he probably knew he wasn't going to get the job full time. I mean, he's not done anywhere near enough at the end of the day. During his 12 games or so in charge, so even warrant being in the discussion. So I don't think he'd be surprised about that or even disappointed in truth. But I mean, for him, it is a little bit of a blow at the same time. Because I think we've said a lot of times on this show that it, for me, it's absolutely vital that Dortmund qualify for the Champions League this year. Because I think I just cannot see Haaland or uh, Sancho really wanting to stay if they have to play Europa League or no European football at all. I mean, you're already seeing there was news in over the weekend about Real Madrid plotting a 90 million euro move for Haaland. I mean... That's another point about Rose as well, I think. I think the fact that he's not the most high profile could actually work against him keeping some of the big names as well. I think that's another subplot in this as well. Mm -hmm. I think if they could have got someone like a... Obviously, Klopp is is still a a kind of romancing uh, uh, opinion, really. I mean, he's still a Liverpool. He's still 
not doing that badly, I suppose, really. They've hit a bad bit of form at Liverpool, but not enough probably to get sacked at the minute. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, aside from Klopp, you were, maybe someone like an Allegri could have been a bit more... Uh, People like Haaland and uh, Sancho, they might have thought, you know, we can win things under this guy. Whereas Rosa, I mean, he is he's very much a typical German coach. You know, he's young, he's, uh, he's very, very progressive. But I'm not sure there is the kind of guy that's going to make a guy like Haaland say, yeah, we can win things under this guy, you know. In, in some ways, he's like, yeah, I think he's a good coach, but he's not that kind of trophy coach, if you know what I mean. He's not that mm -hmm. kind of guy that's going to make... The big players there uh, think, yeah, we're going to win things under him. Would you agree with that, or do you think it's uh, I'm off the mark there? Um, it is interesting. Uh, I, I presume that the kind of the the inner workings of this move have probably been probably been there for a while, I'd imagine, and and maybe perhaps one of the reason why there's been a bit of unrest, perhaps at Gladbach this season, and why the forms maybe been so up and down. Uh, maybe players have got wind of it early. I don't know. Um, but I presume that Dortmund probably wouldn't have gone ahead with this unless unless they thought it would have been a bigger profile enough move to maybe keep the players at the club. Um, I think if they were genuinely that worried about the likes of Haaland, Sancho, Rainer, Guerrero, all their sort of young starlets and, and, and the rest kind of potentially not being happy with it, they wouldn't have gone ahead with it. Um, so... It is an interesting one, and obviously we'll see how it pans out. Uh, certainly the way that Marco Rose's teams have played, certainly the way that Gladbach have played their football is is going to be pleasing on the eye, and it'll be interesting to see how it translates into this Dortmund team. Uh, obviously, if he gets backed and can improve the defence, they've certainly got a, a good kind of starting point there to, to make a really good good squad or make a good squad a great squad um so yeah obviously only time can tell with this one uh, uh, and then we'll just we'll just see i guess um but yeah I, I, enough of that one uh, anyway we'll move on swiftly on to the next bit of uh well transfer business that has been announced early again uh with regards to um Upa Meccano, the the rb leipzig center back uh, obviously, he's been heavily linked with a lot of teams already so far throughout the season and even before that has now been confirmed that he will be moving over to, uh, to the champions by Munich. And um, obviously, it's a, you know, it's a big move. Um, you know, we would naturally chat about it anyway. But I wanted to, to speak to you, Mark, a little bit about how there's been this notion before about buying buying the league so to speak and buying out the competition and certainly on this show we've we've wanted to see a more open title race and so it can really excite us and and by far and far and away we have no ill feeling towards Bayern as a side because they are uh, a title winning juggernaut who have built success the right way and and continue to do so but right now Obviously, as we look at the league table, the next best team by far for me in the in the league, obviously taking out Frankfurt's form, is RB Leipzig. And then if you look at RB Leipzig's strongest team, Upamecano is a key part of that. And right now, obviously, Bayern's defence is quite leaky. So for them, it makes sense to <clears throat> cherry pick one of RB's best and upcoming players and take him out of a team who are your potential rivals 
for me, it just thinks of you know, how, how are other teams supposed to compete if the second best team is allowing that centre back to move across to their other rivals, then how, how do we expect there to be a, a title race even next season and, and so on? So I just want to see what your thoughts are on that, really. Yeah, I think there's a number of points. First of all, it, it is a very good point, but I think um, I don't think it's so much that they've let him go. I think they triggered the release fee from what yeah. I could see. So, but I think the, the initial problem is why are German clubs putting players on such low release fees, first of all? you know, Because I think I know they probably signed a Pamecano and he was like a nothing player. They've made him, obviously. So mm -hmm. they probably thought... But I think this is a problem with the German club's mentality as well, that they're always thinking about the next sale. Do you know what I mean? And the thinking, the mentality of a German club when they sign a player is not, right, This we're going to build our team around this guy for the next 10 years. It's always, okay, if this guy has two good seasons, then some big club is going to come in for him and we're going to make a profit on him, a big profit, you know? And I think we've seen it We've seen it even with uh, Timo Werner. God, they, they didn't pay that much for him. I think it was, what, 50 million euros? Like, if mm -hmm. he was coming from another English club, they'd have paid 90 million easily. Yeah. I think this is part of the problem. The, the German clubs, they run it like a business, basically, even more than any other country. I think in Germany, the, the clubs are businesses, basically, including mm -hmm. Bayern, you know. And I think um, you've also got to remember this 50 plus one rule. So, I mean, obviously, yes. fans of the Bundesliga, they do they consider uh, RB Leipzig to be a very rich club. But actually, in terms of the um, the global situation, if you compare them to Premier League clubs, Lally, the top La Liga clubs, Bayern, Juventus, Paris Saint-Germain, these kind of guys, that they're not even like a speck on the map, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, every German club has to have 51% of the club owned by fans. And even though many people think that RB Leipzig manipulated this method, it still means that... So, for example, if someone like Sheikh Mansour or the Qatari royal family wanted to come and take over a German club, they couldn't do it. They could yeah. only buy 49% of the club. And obviously, for most of these guys, they don't want 49% of the club. They want the whole yeah. club, you know? But, I mean, at the same time, this method, it does allow fans to go to games. I mean, you don't... Go, uh, for example, a season ticket you can get uh, even buying for like 200 euros or something. You yeah, know? yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah. Imagine Man United. And Man United, you're paying <laughs> 1,500, you know? Easily. So, so this, this method, it does allow the game to be more fan friendly and it allows mm -hmm. fans to, fans even get to vote on everything pretty much in the yeah. club, which is a really, really good system on the one hand. But at the same time, this is why the big clubs can just take these players away from the Bundesliga, no mm -hmm. problem. And that's why Bayern, because they've just got bags of sponsors and they've got like just bags of money. Because obviously the way that they run the business as well, they, they get a lot of players on freebies. They get a lot of players by triggering release fees. They don't pay. You never see Bayern paying like 100 million or 200 million for a player ever. Yeah. Like 45 million, remember that's euros, so in pounds that's like 40 million pounds. It's not even that much by this day and age standards, you know. And I think, yeah, that's a great deal for them. But as for Leipzig, like they've got to have the mentality, they've got to think, you know, we need to stop putting these release fees onto players and we need to think, you know, we want to consider ourselves as a top 10 European club now. They got to the semi-final last year. They're already in the last 16 of the Champions League this year. There's no reason for me why Dortmund, Leipzig, even Leverkusen shouldn't be considering themselves as bigger than what they are. 
And I think that's the problem at the end of the day. It's just, and then as for the player on the other hand, the player, of course, is going to want to join Bayern because it's guaranteed trophies, it's guaranteed yep. success, it's guaranteed, it's pretty much guaranteed to play for the national team if you play for Bayern, you know. So I think it's just um, for the player, it's a good deal. But the problem is the mentality of the clubs for me, and a little bit related to the financial constraints as well. Yeah, agreed. I think, yeah, you certainly touched on a good point there with regard to maybe the mentality of some of these clubs. Maybe, maybe RB just don't necessarily believe in their own hype, which is strange because they have been well up there now for a good few seasons. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's a move that uh, obviously only strengthens the champions as, as we see it, but you never know these sort of moves. Um, we'll obviously have to see how that one goes, but obviously we wish the player... All, all, all the best because at the end of the day it's a big move for himself so um with that obviously we've kind of talked talked well into those two points i think i think we're happy that we've covered them quite quite well so we'll uh, we'll go on to our featured three uh this week um as obviously some of the games haven't been as desirable and we are one game down as we're recording on the monday so there hasn't for us we don't know what the buy-in results is either so yeah over to mark and then we'll crack on yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let, let's start with uh, what for me was probably the performance of the week. And I wouldn't say the game of the week, but it was definitely the performance of the week. And it was yet again, it was the the juggernaut that is Eintracht Frankfurt with another very, very comfortable 2-0 win against a team that were playing well before this game in Cologne. But yeah, I mean, I think we both mentioned before the, uh, the start of the show today, uh, Rory, I mean, this could have been 2-0 flat as Cologne, to be honest. This could easily have been five or six. I mean, I think Andre Silva, I mean, he had about five headers on target. I think one hit the bar, one was disallowed. Maybe it just went out of play, the ball. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just a, you know, th this could have been a difficult game for Frankfurt. But I mean, for me, it was a great professional performance from a side that for me are just looking more or less guaranteed to get top four at the minute, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't look any like any, uh, past Frankfurt in terms of top four. The way they're playing right now is really, really exciting to watch. Um, yeah, uh, obviously, Silva was heavily involved in the first half where they were completely dominant, should, should have scored a hatful of goals. Um, obviously, he did score, a, you know, the, the Kostic to Silva kind of method of scoring did happen, but he got disallowed, as you, as you rightly mentioned. Um, ironically, Silva's goal was actually probably uh, the kind of least opportunistic kind of moment because it was a bit of a deflection, but he was obviously on the ball enough to finish well with a chipped, uh, well, when he chipped the ball over Horn. Um, and then Kostic couldn't go a game without, of course, getting an assist. So he got one for uh, for Ndicker instead from a corner, which was, which was a really nice header, actually. Um, but yeah, 2-0 definitely flattered uh, Cologne. Um, certainly Frankfurt, you know, the professional performance 2-0, they'll be buzzing with that. Maybe they'll be slightly disappointed that they couldn't, you know, be a bit more clinical. Um, obviously looking at, you know, potential goal differences come come near the end of the season perhaps, but I'm sure, I'm sure that they'll have enough in the tank in terms of points. Um, again, yeah, obviously the kind of front three, five, whatever you call it for Frankfurt. They're doing the job. Kamada, Kostic, Eunice, they're all playing really well. Kamada still still is really, really bad in front of goal. Uh, he's brilliant <laughs> around the pitch, his assists, whatever, but his 
his effort in the first half, his header from uh, close range, to put it mildly, was terrible. Uh, so, yeah, so the player himself, he does need to work on that because he needs to add goals to his game to really go to that next level, I think. Um, but, yeah, I can only sing the praises of Frankfurt right now. Difficult day at the office for, for Cologne because they have been playing better. Um, and it's just one of those where you come up against a team who are just on on fire, and you just have to sometimes take it on the take it on the nose. Two 0 isn't disastrous for their goal difference either, so yeah, they'll they'll probably be happy to to run out of Frankfurt with just the the minus two on on them after that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously that's eight wins in nine now for Frankfurt, and the other game was a draw, so they've got a nine game. Actually, it's a ten game unbeaten run, and, and eight of them have been wins. Yeah, so I mean, it's just an amazing run. But obviously, I mean, that brings us on to the game next week. They play Bayern at home next week. I mean, that's going to be absolutely massive. I mean, for me, this is the kind of thing you've got to say now if you're Frankfurt, you've got to say, we can beat these guys, you know, we can beat them. And for me, if they do beat them, it's going to be looking really, really difficult to see beyond them for top four, to be honest. And I think, um, and yeah, I mean, but th this is where you've got to show a little bit of bottle. You know, we've talked about it in the Bundesliga before. Teams have just got to start showing a little bit of bottle against Bayern and just take it to them, you know, and mm -hmm. make sure you're, for me, they should be good enough to beat them. Yeah, it's. Uh, but but would you would you fancy them for top four now? Uh, do, do you think they're pretty much guaranteed, regardless of the results, or do you think this is still a big match coming up? Um. Well, we certainly seen teams implode after playing Bayern. Case in point. <laughs> case in point. Leverkusen. You know, mm -hmm. sit sitting pretty, and then a a disastrous twenty minutes, and then all the season there, their season has imploded. Um. So it can happen. Um, the way that this team are playing, I would like to think that it won't happen. I think the very least, I mean, we'll talk more about this in our prediction show anyway. Um, but the very least I think they'll get from this is a draw. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously have to see um, what happens with that. But right now, I think they're in complete cruise control. Obviously, because of Wolfsburg's result, they're now in third um, itself. So, yeah, uh, top four is looking really, really good right now. Absolutely, yeah. So let's have a uh, talking of top four, a team that are falling further and further away from the top four is Borussia Dortmund, who played out what I would describe as an entertaining, but not always for the right reasons game against Hoffenheim. You know, I mean, this is a game, this is two sides who just can't defend for proverbial toffee, can they? I mean, these are two sides who just hemorrhage chances left, right and centre. And I think uh, it, it, this game finished 2 all. For me, Hoffenheim, I mean, they missed at least four great chances in that game. And they, for me, they should have been coming away with the three points there. But we've seen it before. For me, the, the equaliser was also a little bit contentious for Dortmund as well. I mean, obviously, a player was lying down quite clearly on the pitch. Usually, you play that out, but... I just wanted to see what you thought about that one, Rory, because I think for me, if, if that's one of them, if it's my team who in, in Frankfurt, in uh, Hoffenheim's position, I'd be furious, to be honest. But at the same time, you do see a lot of players play acting and going down when they don't really need to at the end of games to try and get play, teams to put the ball out and things. That definitely happens a lot. What, what was your take on that one, Rory? Uh, yeah, it's tricky because obviously... Um, Dortmund were in there, would have thinking, would have had no, you know, obligation to to 
you know, to keep the ball out and once they get possession, of course. Um, I mean, obviously, from a Hoffenheim point of view, you know, it's, it's, it has cost them essentially two points in the end because Haaland's obviously gone through and scored. Um, but, yeah, obviously, unless it's a head injury, I guess it's, there's no obligation to put the ball out of play. Um, obviously, referees ultimately are in control of the game. If they deem it serious enough to stop the game, then obviously then they should do that. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's all, it's all about game management as well, really. Um, if you know that one of your players is down in a certain part of the pitch, you have to try and cover it or you know, or make sure that the ball doesn't go in that area. Um, so, yeah, it is just one of those things, unfortunately, that kind of can, can be contentious. But for, for me, in that situation, if you're unsure, obviously smash it out. But uh, obviously the player, see, I think the player was okay um, in the end. So, yeah, it's just one of those, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think yeah, probably the other uh, like major moment in this game was obviously. Uh, I mean, Dortmund's goalkeeper problems just keep going from bad to bad to worse to even disgraceful at times. You know, I mean, it's just. I mean, this is like a top European club, and I mean that. I'm not even sure they'd have either of their goalkeepers at Wigan Athletic, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously me and you both called for Berkey to be dropped and he was in the end, but I think Hits has been even worse since he came in, Rory, really. Yeah, I mean, talk, yeah, talk about obviously gifting, gifting aside a goal when, when you know, you're under the cosh and stuff. Um, yeah, ma massive error. You can't, you know, can't kind of... Brush it under the carpet. Obviously, I'm sure he'll be back to the club. Um, but for for those, you've just got. To, and obviously, it's a it's a decent whipped in ball with a bit of pace on it. But if you can see, it's it's into a crowded and congested area. If the keeper's trying to punch it out, he needs to punch it out a different direction or a different angle, opposed to going back into traffic. Uh, maybe try and just glove it out wide or something. But obviously. If he thinks he can't catch it, then he has to try and go with the punch. So, you know, he has to back himself with the skills that he thinks he has in each situation. Um, but obviously, Bebu is right in front of him. It then smashes off Bebu and goes straight in. And then obviously, it puts Dortmund back into a hole again, um, which they obviously, they kind of work themselves out of it with, with the late Harlan goal. Um but, I mean, Hoffenheim will be thanking them because, obviously, they should have scored way more than the two that they did. Bebu himself had a should have scored right at the start of the game when he absolutely did Hummels. Um, uh, obviously, Kramerich was a big big miss in this match uh, for Hoffenheim. Um, I think if he had played, then they would have scored quite a few more goals. Um, the clinicality of the likes of Bebu and Bedfordil and and even Dabo really, and I'm sure Dabo has really scored that many goals at all this season. Um, so that's ultimately the issue for them because they could have got you know, quite easily more than two goals against uh, again a, a still shaky defence. Dortmund, there's a lack of communication, there's a lack of trust in there, and at the end of the day, they are just being bailed out by the brilliance of their forward players. Um, nice goal from Sancho again. He's really starting to come into his own, I think. Um, well set out by Guerrero uh, in, yeah, in an entertaining game but the draw is massively more useful for Hoffenheim than it is Dortmund and it, uh, Dortmund is still in the race only because of the failures of other teams really 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's just not been good enough at times, has it really? And I, for me, I don't fancy them to get top four under uh, Ed, Ed and Terzic. I just don't think he's really improved them at all. And I just think they've gone backwards, if anything, really. Yeah, I think as for Hoffenheim, I mean, they're still, they're still a dangerous side. They still create chances in most games. But I think, yeah, I think, I mean, Bebu has not been the most clinical this season, has he? Let's be honest. I mean, I think he, he won our zero of the week for missing two sitters against Bayern. And I mean, to be honest, he missed two or three sit. I wouldn't say sitters, but they were good chances that you'd expect a striker to at least take one of them, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he was handed his goal in the end, really, by what we've already mentioned, hits his mistake. But I mean, when you go through like twice on goal, it, you've got to be burying one of them, you know, and it's just, um, yeah, I mean... I, it was one of those games where I, I think that even if Hoffenheim had scored four, I think Dortmund would have managed to score four as well. I think it's just one of those games. I, just, I think Hoffenheim, they don't really have the belief that they can keep teams out at the moment. I think that's a big problem for them. I think like, even if they went in at 4-2 ahead and going into the last 20 minutes, they still probably would have drawn the game, in all honesty. So I'm not sure that it makes that much of a difference in the end because... Their problems are definitely a lot more defensive-based rather than attack-based. They still create a lot of chances, but they just don't take them. It's as simple as that. But I think defensively, um, they're just not... I don't know. You saw it with the equaliser. You know, as you say, the player went down and they just didn't cover him or anything. Did they? they just hoped yeah. that they were going to put the ball out. And that was that, really. And it doesn't work like that at times in football. So it's just uh, they've just got to be a bit clever, a bit better game management at times, and then I think they'll they'll be back to the best. But I think it'll be next season by now till mm-hmm. we see them close to the best again. Okay, so let's move on to another ent- very entertaining two-all draw. I thought this one between Leverkusen and uh, Mainz. I mean, this was just a crazy game, you know. Uh, obviously, uh, what I thought was a fantastic piece of skill from Diaby uh, putting the ball in. Obviously, skinning the fullback, then putting a really perfect ball in for Alario, who took from his ninth goal of the season. I think it's his first goal for a while because I think for some mm-hmm. reason he's not been starting recently, which I find yeah. a little bit strange, to be honest. But ask Peter Bosch about that one. Then, obviously, yeah, I mean, there were chances for both sides, bags of chances for both sides before eventually uh, Leverkusen obviously got the second goal after 85 minutes. And you're thinking, OK, it's game over 2-0, but it wasn't to be, Rory, was it? <laughs> no, what? Yeah, what an impressive comeback. Um, what an impressive display of, of character. Uh, two substitutes getting the goals for Mines in the end. Uh, for what, obviously, is, is pulling them back into... Well, they they obviously are well and truly in in the race now. They're certainly in the conversation uh, once again for for escaping the drop. Um, they're they're just you know they're one win away from from Armenia in the relegation playoff place. Admittedly, Armenia currently have two games in hand. Of course, we don't expect them to get much from their game against Bayern, so that's them one game in hand. So. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very close and it could well be considered in a crucial point for the club but come the end of the season. Um, might be the difference between re- getting relegated and not getting relegated. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than the, the flurry of late goals, mine certainly did play their part before this. Um, they certainly had chances as well as Leverkusen did. Um, I think there was a good, uh, a good header from uh, on, on Siwoo. Uh, that's again a terrible effort yeah. in his name um, but he he hit the post from from a header from a DaCosta cross I think it was um, 
So, yeah, they, they certainly do like to play their best against the bigger clubs in, in the Bundesliga. It's a very strange mentality. Um, they, they were very easily seen off by Stuttgart a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, obviously, they just seem to love playing against the big boys um, for whatever reason. Um, so, obviously, the last goal in itself was a bit of a mistake from Bender. Um, the cross wasn't dealt with properly and then it falls to him perfectly to to smash home um from inside the area so brilliant point for mine they'll be thrilled with that and if they can take that forward and use it as a bit of momentum they will from a leverkusen point of view going two nil up and securing the game after an 85th minute goal and then throwing away the three points is absolutely unacceptable um certainly if you look at that in terms of how the league stands now with Wolfsburg dropping points on Sunday if Leverkusen had held on if they had won they'd be a, <laughs> they'd be a point behind Wolfsburg instead it's three points um so it's just fine margins that's what football is ultimately decided on and they'll be absolutely kicking themselves and more because it was a game they should have had won um and yeah should have seen it out comfortably so Massive, massive um, moment at both ends of the table, really. Affects both the European race and the relegation race. So, yeah, very exciting game as well. Yeah, I think this match just about sums up um, Leverkusen's last seven or eight games, really, since the, the Bayern game that you mentioned, really. It's just been, um, <clears throat> I just think it's a lack of character at the time in the side. Because, as you say, I mean... You're 2-0 up against second from bottom with five minutes to go. I mean, you've just got to find a way to see that out, haven't you? I mean, you really have. I mean, I've got to say, I thought the first goal from Mainz was really good. I think Diakete has, has actually been a really good player for them in this little resurgence. Yes. I mean, I didn't, I don't really remember him doing much in the first half of the season. But yeah, definitely the last four or five games, like he's definitely been probably their star player. You know, I mean, it was a beautiful assist. And I mean, the kind of mm -hmm. scuffed finish really from... Um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a, a fluky finish, really, from Glatz or Pass Lom, who made his debut, by the way, after yeah. the, the injured goalkeeper. He didn't look the most convincing as well, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I think he had a, a, a kind of scuffed clearance just five minutes after he came on. I mean, yeah, this season does seem strange for Bundesliga goalkeepers, really, doesn't it? I mean, we've, we've definitely not seen a lot of top-quality goalkeeping in there this year. And mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely something interesting, but yeah, I mean Kevin Sturger, like it was a pretty fluky equaliser, but he had to keep his bottle to stick that in, you know, and he did it, and they celebrated like they won the league pretty much. They did. I mean, it is it's a massive point, you know. I mean, both in terms of the table because it takes them within that three point zone now mm -hmm. of Bielefeld, and obviously Bielefeld, I think they've lost the last three games, and obviously they go to Bayern in this set of fixtures too. So I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, but do you think they do have enough to stay up? Would you say they've just got enough or do you still see a relegated side there? <sighs> the, the way that they're playing and seems to be responding uh, to the manager and, and since the sale of Mateta, um, it's been really interesting, actually. And if Bielefeld do go on a bit of a bad run, then there's no reason why they can't trade positions and then get themselves out of jail by winning a relegation playoff. Um, so, yeah, I think it's about as open as it has been for them for a, a good while.
Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's just go to our, the other games. I mean, some of the games, there's not an awful lot to say about. Uh, but yeah, let, let's just have a look at the Friday night game, Leipzig v Augsburg. I think the thing that surprised me most there, Rory, I think we also mentioned it was a few rested stars from Leipzig. Obviously, looking ahead to the this week's game against Liverpool. But I mean, again, is this like small club mentality, really, to kind of rest players? I mean, they're still in a title race at the end of the day. You know, they're still in yep. a title race. And obviously they did get the result this game. But I mean, it wasn't exactly a beautiful performance, was it, Rory? No, I mean, in short, um, they dominated the first half and I think deserved their 2-0 lead. Uh, Olmo got a bit lucky because he managed to get his penalty back because it had to be retaken um, and obviously put that away bit of selfless play from uh, Yusuf Paulson to set up and Cuckoo as well but then after that they just shot what will try to shut up shop and manage the game which they failed to do um, obviously then it was a, a, a daft bit of play from from the sub Canate to dangle out a lazy leg to to uh, give away the penalty, which Caliguri just about slots home and makes it a really awkward last 10 minutes or so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they they should have enough in the tank to go full, full kind of bottle against, you know, against Augsburg, do the job, rest up well and then go full, full beans against Liverpool. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, they think they have to rest players. Um, obviously, it's a congested season, so that's you know that's fair enough. Um, and at the end of the day, they've done the result. They've kept themselves inside in the title race for another week, and and they go again. Um, but yeah, obviously, it'll be very interesting to see how they get on midweek as well. Yeah, and another interesting point is it wasn't only Leipzig who rested players as well. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know whether with Augsburg it was a case of like a lot of players being off form. Obviously, they are on a bit of a tricky run at the moment. But I mean, a lot of their usual starters, Niederlechner, Vargas, Richter and Kadira, all came off the bench in this game. And they're like usually the first four names on the team sheet, pretty much. So, I mean, whether that was a case of, you know, they wanted to get some players fit in a difficult game or whether they're just like the manager is getting a bit cheesed off with the level of the form of them in it, specifically going forward because they've not scored many goals of late Augsburg. Yeah. But for me, I still think they're okay. I mean, you don't expect to go and win at Leipzig, do you? Let's be honest if you're Augsburg. So I think it, sometimes you do this in the Bundesliga. They seem to have the mentality that footballers aren't capable of like playing a lot of games. I don't know why, but I mean, we've heard it with Klopp a lot as well in the Premier League. He's always complaining about the number of fixtures. This mm -hmm. seems to be very much a German thing in relation to football. They don't like to play a lot of games for some reason. Yeah. So maybe it could be that. Okay, so yeah, so obviously uh, the only other game that had goals in it was Stuttgart v Hertha Berlin. I mean, for me, this was a game of two halves, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think Stuttgart went in at 1-0. Obviously, another goal from Kamadzic, who's really starting to have a great season really now. I think that's his eighth goal of the season. Then, um, yeah, I mean, obviously um, Hertha, they brought Kadira on at half time, and it seemed to change the game. So I think that... that uh, my kind of uh, everlasting Im impression of that game was maybe Kadira could be the man to reignite Hertha Berlin's season. What do you think, Rory? Yeah, obviously he's come back to haunt his old club um, there with, with obviously a very established and impressive second half performance. Um, and obviously, you know, he gets the assist for the equaliser for, for the young 17-year-old. Uh, so obviously a great day for him to get 
to get himself a goal. Um, it was a bit fortuitous. Um, I think I think both the pass for in the first place, I don't think is actually for him. Uh, I could be wrong um, for all you visionaries out there. Um, and the <laughs> and the touch by the 17-year-old, his first touch, I'm not sure if it's just a scuff, but it ends up falling for him perfectly. Uh, and then he obviously taps it in, which is great for him. Um, yeah, useful point for Hertha in terms of the table. Uh, Stuttgart, yeah, I mean, they'll take it. They're quite safe and happy. Uh, it's an important point for Hertha because it takes them one one singular point ahead of Armenia but they're only you know uh, an Armenia win away from them being in that dreaded relegation playoff place which just crazy to think really but yeah it, yeah maybe Sammy Kadira to the rescue we'll have to see if he can make a an instant and serious impact on on their team Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and the other, obviously the other three games, Werder v Freiburg, Union v Schalke and Wolfsburg v Gladbach finished nil-nil. I think probably the most entertaining of those games, Rory, was billed as one of the games of the week, Wolfsburg v Gladbach. For me, uh, this was definitely a game that Wolfsburg will feel they should have won, to be honest. I think they had by far the better. They looked as though they won it through Schlager at the end as well, but obviously the goal was disallowed. Did, did much stick in mind from that game for you, Rory? Uh, not really. Uh, it was a game that I expected to be tight. Um, I thought Wolfsburg would edge it. But, um, yeah, a couple of big saves from Sommer as well. Um, trying to keep himself a clean sheet was obviously really important for Gladbach. Um, so, yeah, just one of those where I think it was built up to be a good game and it just it struggled. It wasn't the worst nil-nil ever. Um, not necessarily a bad point for either side um obviously i mean it keeps glad back uh they're six uh six points away from wolfsburg so it doesn't do too much damage we've obviously still a long way to go in the season so uh i think if you're either side you'd probably just about take a point yeah, absolutely. And then obviously Verde v Freiburg. I thought this was a bit of a game of two halves too. I thought that Verde definitely had the better of the first half. Then Freiburg finished stronger. But again, it was probably a fair result to draw there, really. And then I think with Union Schalke, I mean, Union did miss quite a lot of chances, to be honest. And they will be disappointed that one of them couldn't go in to end there. I think it's now a five or six match on a winless run. So, I mean... They are hitting a bit of a disappointing run, Rory. But, I mean, do you think they should have won that one, Union? Yeah, I think the striker on Awonyi, sorry, um, will be very disappointed in his performance from a from a clinicality point of view. First half chance, played through on goal, takes it really, really early. Should have taken an extra touch and then could have, could have slotted it home. And then the second half, he had a couple more. One really good one where he just spurns it wide. So, yeah. Union really should have won it. Uh, you know, as a point for Schalke, yeah, that's great, but they need wins, obviously. Um, need to go on a good run here. So, yeah, Schalke is still massively in, uh, in, in trouble, but Union, yeah, a point's not terrible for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they barely created much at all as well, Schalke, which is worrying against a team who are off form. Yeah. I can only really remember a couple of half shots from kind of 
25 yards that didn't really trouble the goalkeeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. As you said, I think our knee, obviously we mentioned him a lot. I think he even won our hero of the week at one point, but he very much looks an off-form striker at the moment. His confidence is low, taking shots early when he should be taking more touches. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going for him at the minute at all. And and what about Werder v Freiburg? I would have said that should have been a draw. It was fair. Would you agree with that, Rory? Yeah, Werder will be happier with the point of thing and all the two. Not, not the best of games, unfortunately. Uh, I think you summed it up perfectly. Game of two halves. Werder looked better in the first half. Freiburg came back into it. Um, but yeah, draw a piece is fine. Fine for both teams, really, in the in the current circumstances. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that kind of uh, concludes our uh, eight-match review. Obviously, as I said before, there is another game coming tonight, Bayern Munich v Bielefeld. So, yeah, so let's just finish this show by having a look at the, uh, the hero and zero, Rory. Yeah, let's do it. We'll spin through it very quickly, as obviously we've had a lot to talk about in terms of uh, other um, breaking news today. So, very quickly, for the hero of the week, we've gone for a team uh frankfurt as a, as a team and and indeed andre silva with an honorable mention for a superb team performance uh cruising past uh and basically in form or bare playing cologne team um so well done to them they're looking superb and look good for a top four finish uh swiftly on to the zero we won't uh won't dwell on it for for poor old poor old hits in goal um I think that's the the second Dortmund keeper to get our zero of the week uh, this season or even this month, really. So, yeah, a bad time for keepers at Dortmund. Maybe they need to throw in an 18-year-old who might do a bit better. So, uh, yeah, for punching the ball at the striker's head and it going in, hits, you are our zero of the week. So, yeah, so that concludes business for for this part of uh, the main Bundesliga show. Um, so yeah, if you enjoy the show, please do subscribe, get commenting. We've really got a nice fan base right now, a nice community of regular fans who always get involved on on shows in the live chat or afterwards on the comments. So if you're a bit shy, you're not sure about certain things, or if you disagree, by all means, still ch- you know put a comment in there. We don't mind. We always like criticism or constructive criticism and we want to know what what your thoughts are so please don't be shy and comment away uh but that'll do us so on to mark to just finish up absolutely yeah so remember to check out our twitter feed which you can see at the bottom of your screen at otb over the bar fb so yeah you can find anything football related continue to check out all of our stuff on there everything obviously we still got our stephen humphreys uh, interview on there as well which uh, for especially for League One fans, you can find out anything football related uh, on there. Then we have a regular League One show, which I've done a couple of episodes of late as well. So check that out as well. <laughs> yeah, but of course, keep with the Bundesliga show, our number one show on Over the Bar. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, and remember to check out otbfootball.net as well. Uh, yeah, for anything, any articles as well, any article, anything football related, basically. Okay, so, yeah, so it's been another good show. And, yeah, join us again for our predictions ahead of the next week, too. So, yeah, that's Alf Wiedersehen from me. See you later.